Howdy y'all, welcome back cowboys and cowgirls to episode number 28 of Once Upon a Time in Texas. I'm your host Michael Mitchell and today we are saddling up for a thrilling ride through the Lone Star State and really just kind of the Old West in this case. And we're going to explore the lives and adventures of nine famous cowgirls that were either from Texas or have some sort of relationship to Texas, but they're known as cowgirls all the same. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive into a few of those. Uh, and I'm sure some of y'all are thinking, well, how did you come to this topic, Mike? And you know what? That's a great answer. Um, it was totally and completely thought out and planned. Uh, months ago, and hundreds of hours of research have culminated in this here podcast. <laughs> uh, whatever. If y'all believe that, then I have some oceanfront property in Oklahoma I'll sell you. <laughs> As with most of these podcasts, um, <clears throat> they just kind of present themselves to me. Um, usually during a conversation with somebody, or I hear something on the radio, or I see a sign or something. Um rarely does this happen far out from the actual podcast. Um, yeah, pretty much nay-nay, I say. It, it usually happens on the weekend before I intend to put a podcast out. And I'm like, oh crap, um, that's due Wednesday morning. <laughs> this is no different than, you know, of course, most of the homework and stuff that I did when I was in middle school and high school and, of course, college and yeah, I'm better now, but, yeah, well, on most things, I guess not the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, crap, I've had months to do this assignment, and it's due tomorrow. <laughs> but, no, I kind of uh, I kind of wing it a little bit, to be real honest. I mean, uh, I've got lots of materials here at the house. I have people that send me things, and uh, that'll usually spark some sort of intrigue, and I'll go, you know, I think I want to learn a little more about that, and then that's just kind of what I roll with. Um so I do rely a lot on people. Um, I just rely a lot on Texas in general just for inspiration. So this podcast came about thanks to my wife. Uh, I came home from a trip to Pontiac, Michigan, um, where I did some training to help people get mortgages. And we'll talk more on that in a minute, of course. And I was telling her that several of the folks in my class had started listening to my podcast. One guy actually came up and said, I fell asleep listening to your podcast. And I kind of looked at him funny and he goes, oh my God, I didn't mean it that way. He said, I was just so excited to listen to your podcast and what you're doing. He was another mortgage loan originator from like Indiana or something. And he said, I was so into it. And then I looked at my watch and it was like 1115, but I just kept listening. And then I fell asleep and your podcast was still going. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Thanks. But they started listening to it and they really enjoyed it because, you know, they love Texas. And there are a lot of people um, that weren't from here. I mean, there were like 50 people in the class. And of the 50 people, I think there were six of us from Texas. But they love the idea of Texas. And that, you know, that's what I got to talking to them about. You know, the whole ideology of cowboys and Indians and horses and ranches and cattle drives. And, of course, you know, cattle and all that stuff that comes with it and cowboy boots and hats and but anyway so I'm telling my wife this she looks at me and she says hmm <clears throat> she looks at me like that a lot and kind of gives me that goofy looks just hmm 
maybe you should do a podcast on cowgirls. And, uh, you know, I got to say, sometimes, uh, sometimes she has good ideas. Most of the time, her good idea comes immediately after I've suggested a bad idea. Um, <laughs> but in this case, she got to the good idea first. So uh, here we are. So yeah, Texas has a rich history of strong, you know, courageous women um, who made their mark on, on the Wild West, not necessarily just Texas, but uh, lots of women that were skilled riders and sharpshooters, ranchers, and, and really trailblazers that challenged the stereotypes of the day and kind of broke those barriers to kind of lead into, you know, lead into the way things are today. So uh, we're going to dive into that here in a moment. But before we do, before we head out on the open prairie, the wide open range, I want to mention, of course, our sponsor. That's me, an American mortgage company. I know there are tons of people moving to and in Texas, and I know a lot of you do too. Let me help them out. I am an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. We help people finance their dream homes right here in Texas. And I don't know, maybe Oklahoma in the future. I think, uh, I think we're talking about expanding there. So when I do that, I'll let you know. <clears throat> Time for a little education for you on that. So I am independent. What does that mean? That means I can shop a ton of different lenders to find you the best deal. When you work for a bank and you get paid by the bank, you have the bank's best interest in mind. With a mortgage broker, really in any state, we've got a big saying called brokers are better. So <clears throat> I know I've got people from uh, all over the U.S. and, and really the world that, uh, that listen to this. So if you're in any state here in the United States, um, you know, brokers are paid when you close on your loan, when you buy a house. And so really, we do have your best interest in mind. We are faster, cheaper, and easier than going to a bank for a mortgage. So why not work with someone who's at least entertaining and works hard to make that process faster, cheaper, and easier? Like me. So if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them over to me at themichaelmitchell.com and let me help them out. Remember, when you work with me, I sell dreams, not mortgages. How about that? I do have a couple other quick things I'd like to hit on before we jump into this, uh, the meat and taters of this whole podcast. Um, first off, this podcast is raw. I mean, pretty much what you hear is, is me. I literally do this with a microphone and my computer in the kitchen. Um, I do have to politely tell everybody in my house to shut up <laughs> for 30 minutes or so and give me some time. Um, but yeah, that's just, uh, it's just raw. So, I mean, if I clear my throat, if I take a drink, if I have to cough, um, yep, that's me. Sorry, guys. And why is that? Well, I don't really have the money to pay a producer and editor and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. It's just me, man. So, uh, so yeah, that was the first thing. It's raw and it's interesting. I've had a lot of people just go, man, I just love your podcast. There's no music, no fluff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of working on that. And a lot of folks are like, nah, man, leave it alone. It's good. So I was like, cool. All right. I also, uh, I take a lot of inspiration from uh, Mike Rowe, <clears throat> who is the uh, Dirty Jobs guy. Um, I listen to his podcast almost religiously every week. And uh, that's kind of what inspired me to get into this. 
And uh, he does a little thing called Coffee with My Mom, I think, because he lives in San Francisco. His mom lives in Baltimore. And so they talk and they do the podcast. And I thought, you know, that's kind of cool. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have my grandmother still around. She is an amazing lady, uh, my mother's mother. So uh, Grandma, Melody Kruger, if you're listening to this, howdy, howdy. And so I thought, you know, I may try to do some bonus episodes in the future. Um, I don't know. Uh, Thoughts with Grandma and Mom. So I'm going to try to get my grandmother and my mother on there because um, although they are very different, they're both pretty funny in their own right. And so, uh, I don't know. Y'all shoot me a message. Let me know what you think about that. You think that would be fun. Another one I'm thinking about maybe trying to do once a month, just as an added bonus to this podcast um, and again, I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to call it this cause, uh, actually Mike Rowe was actually going to call his podcast. Um, this, he calls his podcast the way I heard it, but originally he was going to call it people you should know. And I love the idea. And so I'm going to go with kind of that theme of, you know, people you should know. Uh, and I'm going to bring on, uh, here in the next few weeks, hopefully a guy named Michael Badalino, um, who just has a servant's heart and uh, talk to him a little bit about, you know, servant leadership, how he's getting involved in stuff and, and all that. Last thing I want to say is thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spreading the word about this little podcast. Um, We have gone worldwide. Um, Not only do I have listeners from the United States, uh, recently I've started getting listeners from India Um, the UK, of course, Switzerland, Australia, Ireland, Philippines, Sweden, and I think a few others popped up this week. And I was like, wow, all right. (laughs) I mean, I guess people like hearing what I have to say. So, you know, if you like it, I'm going to keep doing it. And, uh, I don't know, I might, uh, open up a patron program in the not too distant future. So, um, some of y'all can help me pay for a little bit of things that we do, um, I don't know. It's not a have to. I just enjoy doing this. And so anyway, so there you go. I burned up a few minutes there of your time. So let's go ahead and jump into these, uh, these cowgirls. So a lot of them weren't necessarily from Texas, but they ended up coming to Texas or passing through Texas or have some sort of relationship to Texas. So we're going to talk about that. So first up, we have a legendary lady by the name of Annie Oakley. I think everybody knows who that is, but Annie Oakley was also known as Little Sure Shot. Um, she was born um, Phoebe Ann Moses. So way back in 1860. <clears throat> she was an American sharpshooter who starred in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. I've actually read a uh, biography on her, or maybe it was on Buffalo Bill and it talked a lot about Annie Oakley. I don't remember, but pretty interesting childhood. So she developed hunting skills as a child to provide for her very impoverished family uh, in Ohio. At age 15, she wins a shooting contest against an experienced marksman by the name of Frank E. Butler, whom she married in 1876. The pair joins Buffalo Bill in 1885, and they perform in Europe before royalty and other heads of state and all over the world. Audiences are astounded to see her shooting out a cigar from her husband's hand or splitting a playing card edge at 30 paces. So she earned more than anyone in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, except for Buffalo Bill himself. 
She was in a bad train accident in 1901. Um, so she had to settle for a little less taxing routine. Um, she toured in a play written about her career, which was kind of cool. She also instructed women in marksmanship. She was kind of the first, you know, female badass, I guess. Um, so, you know, marksmanship, a little bit of female self-defense, I guess. Um, her stage acts were filmed for one of Thomas Edison's earlier um, kinetoscopes in 1894, which ended up turning into movies. Um, since her death, her story has been adapted for stage musicals and films, including Annie Get Your Gun. Uh, Oakley did star in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, like we said. Um, and so what is her relationship to Texas, Mike? I'm sure that's what you're thinking. Well, like a lot of these women on here, she was inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame. And I'm sure you guys are like, okay... Well, the Cowgirl Hall of Fame is in Fort Worth, Texas. So there you go. That's kind of the relation. And I know that Buffalo Bill traveled through Texas many times. And uh, yeah, there was one thing I found that showed that she settled here or whatever. I don't know. That might have been a different Annie Oakley, but that was not the one that we all know. So kind of along those same lines, we're going to jump to number two. The next Cowgirl was Calamity Jane. Born Martha Jane Canary. Um, she had an adventurous spirit and lived a life of both really triumphs and challenges. She was born in 1852. Uh, she was known as Calamity Jane, uh, an American frontiers woman, sharpshooter and storyteller. So she's got a lot in common with Annie Oakley. <clears throat> in addition to her many exploits, she was known for being an acquaintance of Wild Bill Hickok. And then late in life, she did appear in Buffalo Bill's Wild West show and at the 1901 Pan American Exposition, which is kind of the world's fair. She is said to exhibited have exhibited compassion to others, especially to the sick and needy. Um, this facet of her character contrasted with her daredevil ways and helped to make her a noted frontier figure. So uh, kind of everybody knew who she was. She was also known for her habit of wearing men's attire, which was very taboo back in the day. So, although she was born in Missouri, Calamity Jane did spend some time in Texas. Um, she did go on some cattle drives and really embraced the cowboy lifestyle. Um, I'm a little surprised that she's not in the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I didn't find anything. I need to go dig a little more. But anyway, she also lived a very interesting life. So number three, let's talk about this lady. Her name is Lucille Mulhall, and she is kind of known as the first lady of the American cowgirl. So she was born in 1885, and she was a well-known cowgirl and Western performer. Um, she was also born in Missouri, St. Louis, to some folks named uh, Zach and Agnes Mulhall. Her parents brought her to Oklahoma Territory in 1889, which is crazy because, you know, that was some pretty wild times back then. Um, she was raised on her family's Mulhall Ranch in Oklahoma Territory uh, near what is now Mulhall, Oklahoma. Um, she was known as one of the first women to compete with men in roping and riding events. 
Um, she was called Rodeo Queen, Queen of the Western Prairie, and Queen of the Saddle, among you know many other appellations that I found. Um, she starred in the Miller Brothers 101 Ranch Wild West show, um, formed her own performance troupe in 1913, and performed in many rodeo and Wild West shows throughout her career. So she did produce her own rodeo in 1916, and then she retired to her family's ranch in Mull Hall around 1922. She was inducted into the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, um, specifically in their Rodeo Hall of Fame in 1975, which is a big deal. And then, of course, into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame in 1977. That's a big deal. Um, she did pass away in Logan County, Oklahoma, in an uh, automobile accident less than a mile from her ranch. And so, you know, they do say that uh, most accidents happen within a mile of home. So, uh, I don't know. I might be moving here for too long. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Stupid joke. All right, let's jump to another one. <clears throat> so, Minnie Lou Bradley. Some of these women I've never heard of. She's kind of the first lady of the Texas ranching industry. Um, she played a significant role in really shaping the cattle industry in the state as, as it is uh, today. Minnie Lou Bradley was born in 1931. She was inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame in 2006. Um, she is still alive, at least from what I could tell. And she is considered an innovator of the beef cattle industry. You know, that, that beef, the hamburger that you go buy at the Walmart, it's got to come from somewhere. So Minnie Lou Bradley was born Minnie Lou Ottinger uh, in Blaine County, Oklahoma. Um, she wanted a book on livestock rather than, you know, girls' toys. And apparently her parents weren't super fond of that at the time. Um, maybe, at least that's kind of some of the some of the quick research I saw. So she performed chores. Um, to pay for it. She was active in her local 4-H club, which is a great thing if you can get involved. Um, we do 4-H shooting with our kids. <clears throat> she showed Angus cattle, sheep, swine, uh, swine or pigs if you don't know. Um, she was not able to join the FFA then as it was a male-only membership, and I did not know that. Um, Bradley was showing animals at age 9. She received her first Angus cow at age 13. She graduated from high school in Hydro, Oklahoma, which I actually have photos of Hydro, Oklahoma from a trip we took on Route 66. Um, you can find them at howlingcoyotephotography.com. So if you're interested in some of my photography stuff, howlingcoyotephotography.com. Anyway, she marries a guy named Bill Bradley in 55, and they have one son and daughter together. Um, she's a rancher and cattlewoman, as we said. Uh, she and her family own and operate the Bradley Three Ranch in Childress County, Texas, which is only about uh, 100 miles west of me, kind of between me and Amarillo. Um, she and a handful of women were the first to earn a degree in animal husbandry from Oklahoma State University, formerly Oklahoma A&M. So, uh, Miss Bradley, if you hear this, go Pokes. I am a 2002 graduate of Oklahoma State, so love to see another Oklahoma State person in the area. She is the first woman to join the Intercollegiate Livestock Judging Team, 
She was the first woman president of the American Angus Association, Angus being a type of beef cow, for those of y'all that don't know. Uh, my family and I raised Brangus, which is a cross of Brahma and Angus, years ago, and then we sold out, and now we raise bison. Um, she has been awarded many times by the agricultural industry in her long history for her contributions to the beef industry. Um, <clears throat> also, in 1955, uh, the year they were married, the Bradleys bought their ranch in Childress and was co-owned by, it looks like her husband's parents, they combined property, um, and then they named it the Bradley Three Ranch, and the families ran it together for quite a while. Eventually, many became the head of the ranch, and last reports that I found showed that uh, it says Billy Jack was living in Vernon, Texas, and Minnie Lou and her daughter were running the ranch. Um, their son had died early, I guess it says, and uh, yeah, she was recognized for her success in crossbreeding Angus and Hereford cattle. So I probably need to look that up a little more. In 2014, her portrait was unveiled, unveiled to be displayed in the Saddle and Sirloin Gallery in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. So that's interesting. Sounds like a very formidable woman. And uh, if, she's, if she's still around and she hears this, I would, I would like to stop and shake your hand and just say hello at, at some point. Maybe it'd be interesting to have you on the podcast. So number five on our list is a lady named Molly Taylor Stevenson Scott. Um, she's also known as Molly Taylor Stevenson Jr. She's a former model, uh, is the daughter of Benjamin Franklin Big Ben Stevenson, who was a football star at the Tuskegee Institute. And uh, Molly Stevenson, um, let's see, Molly Jr., and her mother were the first living African-American women inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. Um, geez, she and her husband, Elisius Scott Jr., taught and connected children and adults with Western culture and agriculture. <clears throat> she received the Chester A. Reynolds Memorial Award, uh, one of only two women to receive the honor. Um, I'm not sure what that award's for. I didn't look it up, so I apologize, but it's the Chester A. Reynolds Memorial Award. Um, the other person that received it was Connie Douglas Reeves. No idea who she is, but maybe I'll look her up and put her on a future podcast. Molly Jr. founded the American Cowboy Museum, which is located on the Taylor Stevenson Ranch, which is a historic uh, working ranch near Houston, it was originally purchased in 1875 by her great-grandfather, Edward Ruthven Taylor. Um, the ranch is among the oldest African-American-owned ranches in the United States. So I thought that was pretty cool. Molly Jr. graduated from Houston's Jack Yates High School in 1963 and attended Texas Southern University for four years, pursuing a business major. She worked as a model for 15 years, which is interesting and uh, managed her schedule to allow time to volunteer work with the Black Trail Riding and Rodeo Associations, the Houston Livestock Show, and the Rodeo and Black Landloaders, uh, Landloaders, Landowners Association. And so <clears throat> Molly and her family managed the ranch with horses, cattle, hay production, and oil. Um, she apparently often organized uh, tours that were held at the ranch for children to be able to kind of meet communicate and see various ranch animals 
The American Cowboy Museum was opened on her family's Texas ranch, like I said, um, before Texas schools were racially integrated. So it was opened in order to give African-American children um, kind of a taste of the ranch life and acquaint them, uh, acquaint the public with the role that's been played by blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, and women uh, in Western history. Um, You know, mostly those folks that until recently haven't been celebrated very much. So lots of rodeo and and stuff like that are attributed to the African-American cowboys and cowgirls of the day. Number six, don't have a lot of information on her. There just wasn't much out there, but she sounded like an interesting woman. Patsy Montana. She was born Ruby Rose Blevins in 1908, and she was known professionally as Patsy Montana. She was an American country music singer and songwriter. Montana was the first female country performer to have a million selling singles with her signature song, I Want to Be a Cowboy's Sweetheart. She is a member of the Country Music Hall of Fame, and she was inducted into the, of course, National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame in Fort Worth, Texas in 1987. And then she made the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville, Tennessee in 1996. So she led a a very interesting life. Uh, another one that was very interesting, Sally Skull. I saw it spelled two different ways, S-C-U-L-L or S-K-U-L-L. Um, one report said I found that she was known as Mustang Sally, and then I didn't find anything else. So I added it in there. So she may be the Mustang Sally, um, but I don't know that she's the one that the uh, the song was written about. But what I did find is she was a fearless horse trader in the 1800s. She was the daughter of Rachel Robb Newman and Joseph Newman. And she arrived in Spanish-held Texas with the first settlers in Stephen F. Austin's colony um, way back in the day. And she gained notoriety for her prowess in uh, animal husbandry, skill in horse trading, uh, marksmanship with the two pistols that she carried, um commanding language, and for transporting cotton and essential goods for the Confederacy. So Skull owned and operated a successful horse ranch where she employed uh, Mexicans and others as ranch hands and teamsters for her caravan and horse wrangling ventures in South Texas and Northern Mexico. She was also reported to speak Spanish as well as uh, Native American uh, language It didn't specify which one, but there were lots of uh, things that I found that said that she did speak um, some Native American languages. And so uh, really the cool thing about her is really her livelihood took her well outside of the typical female occupations of the time. Um, Her livelihood was really considered man's work. And apparently she just uh, literally saddled up, took the bull by the horns or the horse by the mane, whatever you want to call it, and... uh, went to work and made a heck of a life. So yeah, uh, Sally Skull, um, Sally S-K-U-L-L or S-C-U-L-L. It's kind of interesting. Need to look her up some more and maybe y'all do too. So our penultimate cowgirl, Henrietta King. Does that last name ring a bell at all? Um, She was the co-founder of the famous King Ranch, one of the largest and most successful ranches in the world. 
Henrietta's leadership and dedication to the ranch's expansion and success really left its mark on the cattle industry here in Texas and really across the U.S. and even the world. Um, so um, she was a rancher, obviously, big philanthropist, and their daughter, Alice Gertrudis King Kleberg, Kleberg, sorry, is the namesake of Alice, Texas, which is down south which is stupid for me to say. Almost everything is down south of here except for the Panhandle. <laughs> anyway, let's go to number nine. Uh, somebody else that you probably know. Um, it's, of course, last but not least, but Dale Evans. Does anybody know who that is? Does that ring a bell? She was a singer and an actress and a talented horsewoman. And uh, she was born in Uvalde, Texas, which is also where uh, I believe Tommy Lee Jones is from. Um, she became this Western icon along with her husband. You ready for it? Roy Rogers. That's right. She starred in numerous movies, television shows, showcasing her love for the Western lifestyle. And, of course, she was inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame in Fort Worth, Texas at some point. So, yeah, Dale Evans, pretty cool lady. Uh, and there's lots of stuff out there about her, um, but a lot of it's really tied to uh, Roy Rogers, obviously. And uh, sure, my mom will say, you ding dong, you you should have said this or you should have said that. So sorry, mom. I could have added a lot more, but I just didn't. So anyway, there you have it, folks. Nine remarkable cowgirls uh, from or around or at least have some sort of minor association at a minimum to Texas, um, whose stories they've inspired and continue to inspire generations of people. Uh, all of these women really defied the, uh, you know, convention of, you know, women and what they should do and really played a vital role in shaping the legacy of, you know, the American West, which Texas is obviously a large part of. Did I miss any? You know, I don't, I don't know. I always assume that I miss some because I always have to narrow it down to seven, eight, nine, maybe ten, and I always know that I miss some. And so, uh, man, shoot me a message. Text me if you have my number. Find me at themichaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. Send me a message and say, hey, doofus, you, you missed this one. Oh, my God, like the quintessential cowgirl. I don't know. Man, I just kind of put this together and do the best I can. I do want to mention one more time our sponsors, of course, me and American Mortgage Company. So if you want to live in the home state of the National Cowgirl Hall of Fame, give me a shout. Keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them my way at themichaelmitchell.com, T-H-E, michaelmitchell.com. And remember, I sell dreams, not mortgages. I really like making people laugh and smile. And I love helping people get into homes of their own. Thank you all for tuning in to Once Upon a Time in Texas. As always, remember the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.